Amen. I, I'm really excited about uh, November, you know, the first weekend and one day and having the opportunity as a body to, to plan. You, you know, how many, you know, uh, happy people plan more? Amen. So, you, you know, be, be, be planning on participating. And uh, one day, you know, we take one day's wages for the whole year. We bring it. It's a, uh, above and beyond our tithe and our offering. We just bring it, and then we sow that, and we do all kinds of uh, mission and outreach work. And, and over the years, we've been able to provide o- over a million meals in Haiti every year. We've been able to help, uh, you know, buy girls out of slavery in Nepal. We've been able to, uh, you know, take care of stuff right here, you know, with floods and hurricanes and tornadoes and all kinds of stuff. Our fingerprints are on all kinds of things that God's been doing. And and God has an opportunity to not only bless others, but it's amazing when you let God begin to work in your life. Amen. A lot of us want God to do some stuff, but we we never really open any doors, you know. And uh, Revelation three twenty says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me." In other words, God's at the threshold of of coming uh, of getting involved in your situation you you you, all you got to do is get the door open well how do you do that he said well if any man hear my voice well what do you do when you hear his voice you do what his voice said you obey so when you when you walk in obedience that opens the door for god to get involved in your situation a lot of us are telling what we want god to do out there but where god needs to start is in here so you got to get the door open again well how do what he said. And, you know, he said, give, and it shall be given. Come on now, don't sit there and stare at me like that all night, because I'll just talk about money the whole night. I, it's not a problem. You know, uh, you know what? You know, happy people love to give. I'm, you know, I'm trying to hang on to what I got. I, can, I, ain't, I, I don't have enough to pay for my stuff. Well, there's your problem. You're too tight. I'm liking tonight. You, you know, uh, uh, God said, you know, that if you would if you would obey Him here, He'd open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessings you can't even contain it. Yeah, and, and there's people in the room who can testify tonight of how good God is in this room. Amen. So, so just be planning on it. Plan on it. You know, it's going to take some of you guys a while to figure out how much you make. It's really funny. Get us down to one day, and and uh, you know, if it was, if, it just depends on 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 what we need that figure for. If it's for an offering, well, then we got to figure out how to make it as small as we can. <laughs> and, if, and if and if it's for bragging rights, we figure out how to inflate it. Just swing by here, and I'll help you figure it out. No, right, if you if you can't, uh, you know, you know uh, uh, what we're going to do is we're we're going to give not what we make uh, in a day, but what we'd like to make. You know, I'm just going to sow a faith seed. Amen. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, sow one anyways. <laughs> you know, just just do something big. You know, do, do something. You know, if it doesn't move your heart, I doubt if it will move God. So you might as well move God's heart. And just, just prepare to participate. Amen. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm believing God that as a body, we're going to have the opportunity to do so many amazing things. But the, the coolest part is, is that we know what God ends up doing among the people when they participate. We just want that for you. We just want your life to be blessed. Amen. We want you to flourish. We want you to be happy.
Amen. Happy people, happy people are a lot more fun than sad people. And we're spending a lot of time with you, so we want you to be happy. Because we want to have a lot more fun. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you could use a little more happy at your house. Tell them. Amen. So some of you guys are looking at each other like, well, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't think I need any more happy. I'm just great. You could, you, could, you, you could use a touch, you know, a little peppering of it. Uh, uh, you know, happy people, you know, they, they remember some stuff. You know, they, they remember that God's brought them out. How many of you remember that God has brought you out? You once were in bondage, but now you're free. You once to, you, you know, you once used to think small, but now you think big. I got two amens on that. That's funny. You used to think small, now you think big. Come on, enlarge the place of your tent. Your tent, that's the, you know, your habitation. That's, that's your mindsets and where you're living in your belief systems. Get bigger. Believe, might as well believe God for something crazy. I mean, you might as well believe Him for some big stuff. I mean, we got the God who created the universe, right? You know, I, I, I mean, everything in it. And, and He wired you up. And, you, and you're, you're believing for a kitten? Come on. Believe him for something big. Watch what happens. You know, we're people who, who, who can remember that God's brought us out and that he's set us up for a victory, for a breakthrough, for, for, a, for, a, uh, you know, for a life that's more life than death, more hope than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more joy than... than come, on. come on. What do you remember? I remember I had to go to church tonight. Oh, come on. You know, we, we remember that God has started something that's amazing and, and it's changed us and it's empowered us and He's infusing us. He's positioned us to win regardless of the situation. God has given me more than enough. I have what it takes to face any situation. We remember that I have strength for all things. I know some of us are, you, you know, you, you're probably right in the middle of chaos, right in the middle of some horrendous, in your mind, it's just huge. It's not too big for God. It, I said it's not too big for God. You've got, you got to remember that God can handle it. And what he's looking for is for that, that, that glimmer of hope inside of you that will that, that'll, that'll, that'll just become contagious. Where you, where you can just demonstrate your ability to trust him. And again, you know, we're talking about people in the room who can testify how good God's been in the business realm and in their marriage. Think about some of the life situations that people have gone through. And, and, and the devil took the, his very best shot at you. He's still standing. Come on, you, you're still upright. You're, you're still swinging. You're still in, you're still in the game. Re- remember that it's God who's given you the strength to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Amen. Amen. And, and don't ever forget that God remembers. He remembers his promise. He remembers his promise. Uh, you know, I, I think it, w- it wouldn't hurt you at all to take a few minutes every day and just sit back and try to remember what God doesn't forget. You just, you just sit back and try to remember. Well, because the enemy is trying to rip from your grip everything that God's placed within your hand. He's, try, he's trying to rob you of your ability to remember how good God is. Because it's the goodness of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. 
It's the goodness of God that pulls you back up on top again. It's the goodness of God that picks you up out of the miry clay and sets your feet upon a rock and drops a new song in your heart, even praising to our God. It's the, it's the goodness of God that, that causes you to have more joy in, in the midst of a chaotic situation, more joy than sorrow that causes others to look at you and think there's got to be something going on. Don't even like the dude, but look at him. He's, he's making it through this thing. Come on. Re- remember some of the stuff God doesn't forget. Remember the fact that he's got a plan for you, that he had a dream about the future and he saw where you fit and he started using that plan to shape you and, and he set you apart from every other person on the planet and, and he has qualified you and equipped you and ordained you, given you everything you need to fulfill his dream. And he hasn't forgotten the dream. You have a purpose and a destiny in Christ. And the reality is is that I think a lot of times we end up so busy in life that we forget that God's causing all things to work together for our good. We forget that it's he who has ordered our steps because the steps of a good man are ordered of God. And it's a good woman, too. Come on. You know, every one of us, if we're following God, guess where we're at? Well, we're probably at the place that God brought us to. You think you just wandered into your situation? No, God's been leading you and guiding you. And even in the moments, I love what David said, because, you know, he said, I look behind me. You were there. There were moments when I didn't even recognize your hand was guiding my life. But I look back now and I can see, oh, you were up to stuff. You, you, you got me here. You, you thought your mom and daddy just had a, a weak moment. No, God had a plan. And here you come. And, and, and God's got this dream that he's shaped you to fit into and, and, and to have effect and influence and impact. And, and you're just, you know, out there doing your job and just got, got to go to work. No, you're going to the mission field that God has qualified you to succeed in. You're going into an environment that's been primed for you to take the glory of God into. You're called, anointed, and equipped. And, and, and my God, you're about ready to, to show up and blow up with the goodness of God in your life. If you're not careful, you forget, oh, yeah, God's big enough. I thought we moved here to get away from the in-laws. No, God put something inside of you that caused you to move so he could get you where he needs you. You're on a collision course with the plan of God. I think think a lot of times we forget that. And by the way, this has nothing to do with my notes tonight. But I think a lot of times... I think a lot of times we forget that God's big enough to, to maneuver. He's big enough to set some stuff up. We think we're so big. We, you know, we've made all of these huge decisions. I think God's just sitting there with a little smile. Oh, that's my kid. <laughs> you know, because I've done that with my boys before. I've watched them, you know, go to where, where they wanted to go, knowing that uh, all the time, you know, had, 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 had we gone with my plan, my plan for their life would probably would have been a little bit different. But then here at the end, the end result, well, look at that. They're finding themselves right in the purpose of God. And I think God's looking at us saying, you know what? I, I've been working on this thing for quite a while. I kind of know what I'm doing. Huh? How, how many think God might have a clue what he's doing? So why are you whining about your situation? I, I wouldn't be complaining about God unfolding his plan. Well, I don't like it where I'm at. Well, then hurry up and get the job done. You know, do what God's called you to do. Figure out, figure it out. Figure it out. Quit asking God to remove you. And just ask him, God, what do you need me to do? Because I'd like to get it done. 
<laughs> Come on, ever been in one of them spots where you couldn't wait to get out of there? Quickest way out is to finish. You know, a lot of us, we, we, we want to graduate. We want to go on to a new, new thing in life. Well, then complete the thing you're in. You know, just complete the thing you're in. That's what happened in the first grade. You had to pass. Second grade, you get to the end. What do you have to do? You you got you got to pass. You got you got some tests you got to take. You got to pass the test. If you don't, if you don't pass the test, what happens? Well, you you stay there or you do it again. You get a do over. You know, Lauren was telling me how much he loved the fifth grade. Spent seven years there. He was in love with the. You know, not really. I just made that up. But uh, but a lot of us, a lot of us, you you know, uh, a lot of us. Man, we just, we just need to pass the test. We just need to graduate. So we move on to, move on to bigger, better things. There's, there, there's probably people around you that God's wanting to use you to reach, and you think the whole thing's about you. No, the whole thing's about you being used by God. So let him use you. Look at your neighbor and say, hurry up and get this so we can go on. Tell him. I, I, I want to keep going on, on the things that, you know, about happy people. I want us to be happy people. Amen. I said, I want us to be, anybody in the house want to be happy? Amen. If you're sitting next to somebody that didn't move their hand, you can move right now. I'll give you just a second. You can just move. We just want to, we want to be happy. We want our life to be filled with joy. Check this out. Uh, it's Psalms 32. We're just going to read the whole thing. It's only 11 verses. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. That sounds good, don't it? Blessed. Happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Just think about those words right there. Blessed. Position to win or succeed regardless of the situation. Happy, not mad, not sad, not bitter, not broken, just happy, in a good mood, fortunate. That has something to do with a fortune. The ability to obtain resources bigger than you are. Just let your heart wrap around that reality for just a minute. The ability... To tap into resources, to access resources that are greater than you. You're fortunate. You're fortunate because what you don't got, you know somebody who's got it. And he loves to share. To be envied. To be envied. Think about that. That God, God wants his people to get in the spot that other people look at him and go, Wow. Wish my life was like that. I wish when we went through storms, we had that kind of peace. I wish when, when the boss said those things to me, that I could respond like that. I wish we had that kind of a relationship. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Listen to this. Is he who has forgiveness of his transgression continually exercised upon him? Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is he whose sin is covered. <laughs> Not talking about covered like a blanket. Talking about that action requires a price to be paid, and God says, got him covered. And i got to tell you something I, I can feel the Spirit of God in this room right now. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied 
is the guy whose sin is covered. You know, you're, you're looking back at your situation. You're looking back at your life. You're looking back at choices you've made. You're looking back at things you said, actions that you've, you know, engaged in, mindsets that you've embraced, all kinds of craziness. And, and God's saying to you, uh, don't worry about that. I got you covered. I want to talk about a new level of happy. That what the enemy tried to use to blackmail you with, God says, don't worry, he can't. I got that. I got that. Look at verse 2. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there's no deceit. In other words, you can just stand before God. Open book. Nothing hidden. Nothing revealed. It's all covered. Look at verse 3. When I kept silence before I confessed, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand of displeasure was heavy upon me and my moisture was turned into the drought of the summer. My strength evaporated like water in a desert. Verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity. I didn't hide it. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. Continually unfolding the past till all is told. You know, sometimes the stuff we forget is the stuff that we need to remember to get over. So he kept going over it until everything was told. Then you instantly forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. For this forgiveness, let everyone who is godly pray. Pray to you in a time when you may be found, God. Surely when the great waters of trial overflow, they shall not reach the Spirit in Him. You are a hiding place for me. You, Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Oh, listen to that. You're you're my hiding place. Go back to seven. You're my hiding place. You're my you're the one I can run to because you keep me safe in times of trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will rejoice over thee with singing. God himself is celebrating your forgiveness. It says that in Micah and in Micah it says that God takes Pleasure. It, 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 it delights God to give mercy. Mercy delights Him. Look at verse 8. I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. How many of you know that's awesome right there? I'll teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. It's awesome. Don't be like the horse or the mule which lack understanding, which must have their mouths held firm with a bit and bridle, or else they will not come with you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts and relies on and confidently leans on the Lord shall be compassed about with mercy and with loving kindness. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. If if you're in right standing, if, if, if... the righteous, you know, you're doing life His way. His way of doing and being right. You who are upright and in right standing with Him, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Happy, blessed, fortunate, and to be envied 
is the man whose sins have been forgiven. Now, I want to talk for just a minute tonight about happy people are forgiven people. Happy people are forgiven. I think forgiveness is one of those words that we use a lot, but a lot of us struggle really having a great understanding of what it means to be forgiven. See, a lot of us are under the impression that forgiveness has to do with our past, but in reality, forgiveness is all about your future. I need to be forgiven because this is what I did. No, you need to be forgiven because this is what he's been, what you've been called to do. Well, let's, let's, let's hit that again. You think forgiveness is to cover what you did, but really forgiveness is to position you for what you're called to do. Forgive. Forgive. Uh, for simply means in advance. Give. It's a gift. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. In advance, you're granted something that you didn't earn, that you don't deserve. Forgiveness from God is a gift that you don't deserve that was given in advance. You were forgiven at the cross. You hadn't even been born yet when forgiveness was released towards you. So he gave a gift in advance. Forgiveness covered your future. Why? Because he knew that you were going to mess some stuff up. And so forgiveness is going to have to be available. Why? Because I have had a dream, and I'm using that dream to shape them, to bring them into the place, and so I can equip them so that they can do the thing which I've called them to do. And the enemy is going to try to use their past against them, so I'm going to cover their past and give them a gift of forgiveness so that they can step out of the past and into the future that I've called them to be at. You know, if you could really wrap your mind around the level of forgiveness that God offers you, you'd be a lot more happy. <laughs> well, you know, you've got to be careful with this kind of talking about forgiveness, you know, because if people, you know, if God just imputes our, you sin so easily, then isn't that a license to sin? And, and, I, and I'm thinking, well, not really. I don't think it really works that way. I think that once you have a revelation of how his forgiveness works, you begin to celebrate that so much. You know, if, if you stole from somebody and then got caught and then you went back and you stood in front of them and you said, you know, I have to confess I've stolen from you. And they say, I know you did. And you say, well, I just wanted to come clean and make it right. And they say, well, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to give you a hundred times what you stole. And I'd like to position you so that you, you can just be free from that. And I think that you'd probably spend the rest of your time not trying to figure out how to get more from him, but how to continue to thank him for what he'd done. That offense. You know, the Bible does say that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. I think God knows that we're going to need that forgiveness, and he wants us to come to him to get it. But he's already prepared himself to give it. I think the enemy is trying to rob you of your joy and of your peace and of, of, your, of your vision and your ability to embrace what's coming your way because he's reminding you of mistakes you've made. He's reminding you of things that you've done. He's reminding you that you're unworthy. The enemy's doing everything he can because, uh, well, the effect of unforgiven sin is crazy. But you ought to see the effect of forgiven sin. We need to embrace the reality. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. 
You know, Psalms 32, verses 3 and 4 in the New Living Testament. He said, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. Things weren't going good. You know, David, you know, he said, I I kept silent about my sin. Uh, He had committed adultery. He had lied, deceived. He had murdered. He didn't even want to think about it, let alone admit it. I think sometimes when we get ourselves caught up in a sin, we don't want to admit it. We don't we don't want to think about it. But when we consciously think about our sin, then we're obligated to do something. But if we can shove it back and hide it, if we don't dwell on it, we think we can live with that thing back there. But the reality is, is that when I refuse to confess, my body wasted away. A lot of us don't have that pulsating joy that we ought to have. We're believers. We're Christians. We're churchgoers. But we have these secret sins, sins that we commit that we don't want anybody to know about them. Might, might be lying, pornography, stealing on the job, cheating. Dr- I don't know. It could be anything. Like David, we try to keep silent. We don't want to admit it to God, to others, or even to ourselves. But you've got to understand what silence did for David, what it will do to you. He said, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Psalms 31 uh, says, O oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. For your sorrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses me down. There's no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long. My loins are full of inflammation, and there's no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken, and I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. David is describing how his sins and the silence of those sins affected him even physically. His sin, because he hadn't confessed it or even admitted it, was gnawing at him and eating at him, and and his cries and his groans were all day long. His body ached, his stomach churned, he couldn't sleep, his posture was bent over, his vision was broken. He kept silent for almost a year. And during that time, life was miserable. He tried to, I'm sure, he tried to put on a good show. He tried to look tough. He, he tried, but in reality, misery was all he had. Because of what he'd done, and he still refused to acknowledge it. I don't know, maybe you felt like David. Maybe you've allowed yourself to get caught up in something and refuse to acknowledge it. And There's even nights that you toss and turn. Even seasons that you've tried to figure out. I wonder what it is that's wrong because you forgot that if you didn't confess it, it would control you. It affects us in a lot of ways. Depression. Sleepless nights, physical illness, problems on the job, problems at home. 
But thank God David didn't stop there. Psalms 32, verse 5, he said, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I didn't hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, continually unfolding the past till all is told. David finally confessed. It wasn't until a prophet swung by with a very revealing story. But David said, it's in 2 Samuel, David said, I've sinned against God. For almost a year he'd lived in misery, he'd lived in pain because he'd kept silent. And it wasn't until he confessed it that that guilt was lifted. And the aches of his body left him and his vision started coming back. Maybe stuff in your life is wreaking havoc and it's time for you to say, okay, God, I need your forgiveness. Maybe it's time for you to confess to God. Because look what happens in that fifth verse in the second half. It says, then you instantly forgave me the guilt and the iniquity of my sin. For this forgiveness, let everyone who is godly pray. Pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely when the great waters of trial overflow, they will not reach the Spirit in Him. You are a hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. David confessed and God joyfully forgave him. I think it's pretty awesome that we have that kind of of forgiveness, that kind of a forgiving father. We do all kinds of crazy stuff, and we make all kinds of mistakes. We make wrong turns. We do things when we know we shouldn't and don't do things when we know we should. But we have a deal that when we come to him and we confess, he's faithful and just. And he forgives us. I said he forgives us. I don't know about you, but that just kind of kind of humbles me. Yeah, I got to tell you, there have been times that I've hurt and disappointed my father. But yet he continues to surround me with songs of deliverance. He delivers me from my own sin, from my own destruction. He wants us to be free. Can I just tell you tonight that God wants you to be free? Again, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. I think what God wants us to remember when we're sitting and remembering things that God never forgets. We need to remember that He never forgets your His. Isaiah said, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. I have redeemed thee. Paid that price. Your sin is covered. You're a child of God. 
loved of God, treasured by God himself. The reality is, yes, we have an enemy who's doing everything he can to keep us separated from that position of peace and blessing. He doesn't want us to see or recognize the opportunities or the things that God's opening up into our lives. He doesn't want us to know that we're forgiven. He wants to hold that over us. He wants to press it down upon you. He wants you to feel like a loser. But God wants you to know the happiness that is experienced by someone who knows they've been forgiven. I think it's kind of hard for some of us because, you know, well, I never murdered anybody and I didn't have adultery and I didn't deceive and I didn't lie. And so in a way, we don't know really what it feels like to be lost. We think about people who have committed horrendous crimes, you know, against humanity and that guy's lost. But but when we think about ourselves, we, we, you know, uh, so there, there's people in the room tonight that, they, that they're under the impression that they don't really have a great testimony, you know, because they ain't never done anything bad. I think, I, you know, Shelby, the only bad thing she ever did, I think, was she, she married the wrong guy. But, I mean, other than that, God forgave her. But, uh, no, she smoked a cigarette or something, you know, back in the day. or you know, And it's like, well, I'm not like those people who have been out there in the world. And, you know, I'm not like Todd. <laughs> oh, you think I was talking about you? It's a different Todd. But, okay. But because of because we have, you know, we're church people, you know, a lot of us in the room, you're just church people. But yet those things that come to separate you. Those things that come to push you out of that place where you have real intimacy with your father. Those little things that you just keep pushing back and hiding because it's, it's stuff that you've allowed to have entrance into your life, but you, you, you would never, I mean, you don't do it at church. You don't say that at church. You don't think that, you don't share the thoughts, you know, you know with, your, with, your, with your Christian friends. No, those things need to be brought to him so that you know the joy of real forgiveness. You don't have some black mark on your life where God can't love you. God can't use you. You've lost your destiny. You've lost your opportunity. You've missed it. It's over for you. No, the, the mark on your life is the fingerprint of God himself. Called. Chosen. Redeemed. Redeemed. Tonight, I just want us to take a minute. And I'm going to ask you to close your book and to bow your head for just a minute. And I, and I, I just want us to pray together. I just want us to give God the opportunity to do a work inside of each and every one of us. Some of you, that, that weight of that sin has been pressing so heavy on you. It's like David said, you know, that thing is gnawed at me day and night. You're being eaten up on the inside because you know it's there. Even though you've tried to forget it. You, you, you know it, it's, it's impacting you. Even though you've tried to fix it. You've, you've tried to shift focus to other things. But yet even now in this room by the Spirit of God. He, he's just touching you in places that might even be uncomfortable. Because He's wanting you to feel it and to see it and to recognize it. So you can be free. 
And if you're in that place tonight, I, I want you to know that God's goal isn't to uncover you. His desire isn't to embarrass you or, or, or to crush you. His desire is to liberate you and to free you. And so with that in mind, I, I just want you, 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 don't, you don't need to raise a hand. You don't need to stand to your feet. You don't, you don't need to do anything except open your heart to receive forgiveness. You can respond to Him any way you want. But tonight I want to pray over you because I, I just want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and I just want to pray over you. And I want you to understand that God Himself is shouting shouts of victory over your life. He wants you free. He wants the song of freedom to, to vibrate through your very being. So tonight, Lord, I pray for these people. I pray for your children, God. I, I, I lift each and every one of them up to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, the sins that have been hidden, the sins that, that have been pushed back, the, the things that have caused us to miss the mark of real relationship with you and intimacy with you that you long for us to experience. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we break the power of that sin over each and every one of these lives. Father, as people sit within the sound of my voice, God, I just thank you that right now that they can just begin to say, Father, that's me. Father, I receive forgiveness. Father, I confess my sin to you. Because your word says that if we sin, God, that we can confess and you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, tonight I just thank you for freedom. I thank you for liberty. I thank you for life flowing through each and every one of these people. And God, I thank you that tonight when they walk home, that, that, that they can leave this building clean, delivered, set free. Father, pardoned, abundantly pardoned, that, that, that they are no more dark cloud, no more hidden things, no more secret things. And God, that they just stand before you a clean slate, ready to do what you've called, created them, and equipped them to do. We thank you for vision. We thank you for purpose. We thank you, Father, that you've called us out of the darkness. Now we get to live in the marvelous light of your dear Son. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I, I, I want to ask this question. We're going to pray a prayer together before we leave here tonight. And, and uh, maybe you're in the room and, and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. or maybe